The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by HubSpot. Imagine growing a business with high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, and wildly happy customers. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Welcome to the American Negotiation Institute's podcast, where we will teach you the skills you need to get more out of life. And now your host, Kwame Christian. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Negotiate Anything. I'm Kwame Christian. I'm a business lawyer by trade, but my passion lies in teaching you how to be more persuasive and resolve conflicts effectively. This podcast is produced by the American Negotiation Institute, where we provide corporate trainings, business consulting, and one-on-one coaching for professionals who want to learn how to communicate confidently and persuasively. Negotiate Anything is sponsored by FreshBooks, a ridiculously easy-to-use cloud accounting software for small business owners that saves you time and gets you paid faster. It's used by over 10 million people worldwide, and because you're a listener, you can try it out for free. To get your 30-day trial, go to freshbooks.com slash negotiate and enter negotiate anything in the how did you hear about us section. I've put a link in the description for easy access. Our guest today is Raina Campbell. Raina is a marketing strategist, content creator, and the host of the Dreams and Drive podcast, one of the most popular podcasts on iTunes right now. With over 120 episodes in her arsenal and streams to over 100 countries, she's interviewed some of the top leaders in lifestyle and business and was featured as an empowering podcast by Essence Magazine. The reason I wanted to have Raina on the show today was because I want to give you another perspective on persuasive positioning. When it comes to modern-day entrepreneurs, it's important to recognize that there's a long, persuasive funnel. In general, you'll probably have to make the first contact with your prospect through marketing and branding, and then you'll get them into your sales funnel, and then, if they're interested, you'll work out a deal with them through a negotiation. Raina's the perfect person to talk to about this because she's been able to craft a persuasive strategy that positioned her for some huge opportunities. This episode is perfect for people who are entrepreneurs or people who are interested in entrepreneurship. I know you're going to get a lot out of this one. So without further ado, let's jump into the interview. Raina, thanks for joining us today. Hi, Kwame. I'm so excited to be on your show. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. See, now now we're coming full circle because I was on your show, what, like six months ago? Yeah, oh my God, it was last, I think it was the end of the year, maybe December, November 2016. That's crazy. Time flies. So how about you tell the audience a little bit about yourself before we get started? My name is Raina Campbell, and I am the host of Dreams and Drive, which is a podcast for creatives and lifestyle entrepreneurs who want to learn how to take their dreams out of park and into drive. And I um, interview people weekly on the show, and they just kind of talk about their keys to success and ways that they've built their brands and have really been able to be successful. But beyond the podcast, I also am a content marketer by day, as a lot of us have. You know, we have our side hustles, and then we have our day jobs. So my day job consists consists of me uh, being a marketing specialist at a e-commerce fulfillment company and I kind of handle all our content marketing, our PR, our publicity, our internal communications, all that good stuff. So I'm a marketer by day and a podcast hoster by night. So uh, essentially what I'm hearing is as a typical Caribbean American, you have multiple jobs. <laughs> yes, yes, man, you know, you know. <laughs> we always we always have to have these hustles. <laughs> That's cool. 
That's awesome. Yeah. So the reason I wanted to have you on the show is because um, from afar, I always admired uh, how you were able to build your brand so quickly uh, online. And um, obviously that comes from your marketing background. So I wanted to have you on the show so you could talk to some of the entrepreneurs in the crowd and help them position themselves online and, and promote themselves in a way that is is true to who they are and and makes it interesting for their audience. All right, I'm excited. So how did you get started? When you when you came came together with this idea, what was the grand strategy for you? So um do you mean getting started with a podcast or just my own personal brand online? Actually let's let's see how those two interact with one another. Which came first? Well, it definitely, uh, I guess it all started once I graduated. So I graduated from Princeton in 2013, and I had this idea to start my own blog. I, When I was in college, I was blogging for the Office of Career Services because I used to work for them as a marketing intern. So I was blogging for them. I graduated, and I said to myself, hey, like, I kind of know what this blogging thing is. I want to have my own website. Why don't I start my own blog? So that's where RainaCampbell.com was born. And my first job um, post-college is working in New York City. And I kind of got caught up in like the media world and freelance writing. So I started to freelance write for different online sites. And I thought, hey, I need to really build a strong online digital home for myself. So that's where I really started working on RainaCampbell.com and creating content for um, the audience that I was trying to speak to. So that was the start of like the the beginning of the Raina Campbell brand online. Okay. And how did the podcast connect with that? So the the way that I think the podcast directly connects with that is, you know, I was writing for different online uh, magazines. I was routing everyone back to my site because I had a portfolio on my site. Because, you know, when you're a writer, everyone wants to know, all right, where, well, send me your links. So I was basically compiling all of my links and different um, other stuff that I was writing for my own blog on the site. And I had a series called Brand Makers because for the site I was writing for, uh, Madame Noir, I used to interview a lot of entrepreneurs and my editor liked the way that I used to interview and she always sent me new people. And so I said to myself, hey, I could do this for my own blog. So I started reaching out to people and I called this series Brand Makers because I've always been interested in how people got their start, right? So I was doing that series on RainaCampbell.com for about a year and then I realized I realized that I don't think people were really reading the interviews as much as I would have or, you know, reading it all the way through. And they weren't really getting as much out of it as I would want them to. So podcasting was kind of this new thing. I remember one of the guys that I interviewed for Brand Makers, his name was Nate Holt Saffel. He told me, he was like, why don't you start a podcast? What's st- what's stopping you? And I really didn't have an answer for him. And that's where uh, everything kind of started uh, the the wheels started turning, and that was August of 2015. I knew that I had to kind of transition brand makers into an audio experience instead of just a written experience online. That's pretty cool. It's a it's a it's a journey that makes a lot of sense. Moving from the blog and then doing interviews, and then moving from the interviews to actually posting the interviews in in podcast form. So when again, what what was your first episode date? First episode date was January 1st, 2016. Oh, wow. So you just mm-hmm. first day. Okay. 
And yeah, always... I told myself, I gave myself a date. I was like, it's not going to start if I don't put a date on it. And I'm a, I'm a person who likes things to kind of be even and clean. So I said, hey, just start on the first day of the year. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And so now with your with the work that you do in marketing as a freelance marketer, how do you connect all three of them? So the marketing, the blog and the podcast. So I guess I wouldn't call myself a freelance marketer for like my day job since it's not necessarily freelance, but what I've always done in between everything is, you know, being a Caribbean, typical Caribbean, is I always had this side hustle of helping people figure out their social media strategy, their content strategy, and kind of being a marketing consultant via the Raina Campbell brand. And that's how I was really able to leverage building, you know, what people saw me as throughout all the channels that I exist. So com, I was always talking to people about building their brands. Um, my target audience were young professionals, so people who were kind of like me, just getting out of school, trying to figure out the next steps. That's always who my uh, content was targeted towards. So I would work with people who needed help building their content or work with brands who were trying to connect with that target audience. And then when it came to um, me working here you know, at my, at my day job, what I really got to do here, because when I got to my job, there was no marketing department before. So I was really part of the founding team of helping to bring marketing into you know, logistics and operations and just getting to experiment with a lot of different things and taking my own personal interest and kind of getting the funding of a, you know, organization to explore and to test and to measure and to really hone in on my different skills. So one of the biggest things that I think I've been able to learn from marketing that has been able to um, transfer over to everything else that I do is the importance of really understanding who your target audience is, right? Because all your content is going to be then distributed to and catered to that audience. And then figuring out what's the what's the appropriate channels by which you distribute that information. So here um, I specialize in email marketing automation. So, you know, whether that be your CRM, which is Salesforce, which is like a sales prospecting tool, or whether that be your email uh, marketing client, and I use Pardot, and I also use MailChimp, is really understanding how to leverage that to build community and how to ultimately tie it into your overall goal. So, you know, for my podcast, my overall goal is downloads, right? How do I increase downloads? How do I increase my community? And for work, it's how do you increase your sales at the end of the day? Yeah, one of the, the coolest things about what you've done is your ability to position yourself in a way to, to get big opportunities. And um, as a fellow podcaster, I was, I was looking at kind of your growth and uh, seeing how your your podcast was constantly being featured, um, not only in in smaller sections like the Black Voices in Business section, but also like on the home page of, of iTunes. Yeah, and I was under always wondering like, how is she doing this? How does this happen? And so, but after we spoke the, a few times last year and earlier this year, you showed your strategy, and it was it was just absolutely brilliant. And I hope what I'm hoping is that you can tell the audience a little bit how you were able to weave this strategy in with what you're already doing while serving your podcast community so well and while reaching up to the higher ups of iTunes. So the first thing that came to mind when you said, you know, how is it that she's getting all these opportunities? I think it's 
you know, it can be very daunting when you see other people accomplishing things. And I've even done that myself, looking at other podcasters and wondering, like, how can I do that? So I think the model that I've had is like this idea of thinking big, but starting small, right? Mm -hmm. So when you think about the whole Apple podcast feature, um, I've always seen that and I've read, you know, getting featured on the Apple podcast, it it formerly used to be called iTunes, um, iTunes podcast. Getting featured there was the best thing that could happen for your podcast because it's the largest distribution platform for podcasts. So I said to myself, okay, how do I get featured? Well, there has to be somebody that runs the whole Apple podcast department, right? So what I did was I went on LinkedIn and I simply searched um, Apple podcasts. And then, you know, LinkedIn will show you everyone who has that in their title or, you know, has worked there. I think it was iTunes podcast that I searched. Yeah, it was iTunes podcast. And I said, you know what? I want to talk to the head of iTunes podcast or I just want to make a list of everyone that was uh, working at iTunes. And in me making that list, um, I saw that there was the global head of iTunes podcast. And I looked him up and I said to myself, all right, I don't have his email address, but I'm going to send him a LinkedIn message and. And I've always been a really big proponent of, uh, if you're a professional, of having a very strong LinkedIn profile. So uh, I'm not afraid to reach out to people on LinkedIn. So I simply just sent him a quick uh, message on LinkedIn asking him to connect. And I guess he's someone, maybe this was just coincidence or just chance, he's someone who actually responds to LinkedIn. And he responded to me and said, hey, um, I told him a little bit about the podcast. He said, let's get on the phone. We got on the phone. My intention, remember, think big, but start small. My intention was not to sell him anything. I simply just told him about my vision and switched it over to him and said, hey, like, tell me about what you're working on and what you're doing. And he told me, some of the diversity initiatives they were trying to work on. And then he said to me, he was like, if you ever have an interesting episode that's coming up, let me know. So that told me that the way that they curate the homepage is purely based on, you know, the editor's interest and what's coming in or what's what's important at that time. And I just so happened to have a really interesting episode, uh, episode 32, about the runaway experience, Jeff Belazaire and Kalisa Martin, and he loved the pitch, and he told me to let me know when I was going to do it, and they and they would put it up on the main page. So that was really the whole genesis to how I got that iTunes podcast feature. That is so <laughs> that is so brilliant on on so many lesson, levels. So uh, so many things that I love here, but let's just start with this. So the uh, audacity to make such a big ask of somebody so so huge. But I didn't uh, ask him, right? He, he asked me. All I wanted to do was talk. I didn't even yeah. ask to talk. He said, you know, let's go, let's hop on the phone. So maybe it was just a coincidence that he was somebody who, you know wanted to connect like I did not ask him anything I said to him just tell me about what you do but I also think what helped was I knew how to make what I was doing sound interesting enough like you know it's like I think you have to have that passion about what you're doing and people can feel that passion here on negotiate anything we talk about how you can make difficult conversations easier well our sponsor FreshBooks is all about making the dreaded day-to-day admin and paperwork easier for small business owners. 
FreshBooks has devoted over 14 years to transforming those feelings of dread into delight, and it's working. FreshBooks is a ridiculously easy-to-use cloud accounting software platform, and they've helped millions of people feel more organized, work smarter, and get paid faster. For example, you can fire off an invoice in less than 30 seconds, set up online payments in two clicks, and track expenses on the fly. And that's just a sample of what FreshBooks can do for you. And I will be honest with you, I was really skeptical at first because I'm one of those entrepreneurs that hates accounting. But now, after getting the free trial, I was sold. And now I'm a user. FreshBooks is now offering an unrestricted free 30-day trial for all listeners of the podcast. And all you need to do is go to freshbooks.com slash negotiate and enter negotiate anything in the how did you hear about us section. Check it out. They are a great company. And now back to the show. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hi, I'm Tober Korn, LinkedIn's Chief Product Officer. On my podcast, Building One, we dive deep into what it takes to build great products. Recently, we had Zach Perret, the CEO of Plaid, and he shared about his struggles building a financial app for consumers and how he was able to turn it all around with a critical pivot. Take a listen. I personally couldn't resonate as much with the consumer set that we were trying to reach. I just didn't have that level of empathy. When we made the shift to building a B2B product, though, I was building the product that I wanted. My co-founder and I were creating the product that we wanted ourselves, and we had so much empathy for what that product was. Such a great insight. You know, in that sense, we got lucky because we were were creating a thing for ourselves. And then the people that we were talking to also had the same problems we did. They were fintech developers. We'd been a fintech developer. Uh, We'd been trying to build a fintech product for a year. And so... We had such deep empathy. We had such a clear ability to... If you want to hear more of Zach Perret's story and the lessons that follow, listen and subscribe to my podcast, Building One. Whenever you're trying to, you know, build your network or connect with someone, don't, this may sound very, um, what's the word, obvious, but don't start the, don't start the relationship being greedy, right? You kind of have to go through a courting process. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't, they just try to rush it. Don't rush it, but at the same time, be strategic in your words, be strategic with how you're talking about your, your brand, because, um, you you kind of want to sell it, but don't even know that you're selling. You don't want the person to feel like you're they're being sold to right but you definitely want to leave it a good impression absolutely and after you led with that good impression then you ask for information you you were curious to hear about what he was working on and different initiatives he had and again that's going to be important because once you gather more information then you can kind of go back and, and see maybe where you could fit in down the road as you continue to develop that relationship but again that that curiosity opened your eyes to what possibilities are out there. So for somebody who is not a podcaster, but is starting an online business, um, what advice would you give to them when it comes to uh, positioning themselves with uh, with marketing? Well, I think 
the number one thing a lot of people don't spend enough time on this is you really have to start rebuilding your I call this your personal your digital home your your uh your personal brand it's where I think most people need to start with ask yourself like what is it who who is it that who are you and what is it that you're trying to do who is it that you're trying to talk to and then how can you start building a you know um a digital portfolio of whatever it is that you're trying to do. So I guess for me, like just to give an example that I can relate to is I knew I wanted to write. I knew I wanted to help people that were young professionals trying to build their brands. So I started to make sure that, you know, my blog had all that stuff, all that content, my social media channels in my bio, that's what was being um, talked about. The content that I was sharing, that's what I was being talked about. And um, I remember, I think one way that I knew that this, this was working was during my first Princeton reunion because re- uh, Princeton has reunions every year, people people would come up to me and be like, hey, Raina, I see you writing all those articles or I see you doing this stuff. And it affirmed to me that, okay, people wait, they're, they're associating me with what I want them to associate with me with, right? So it's definitely taking the time to figure out how do you want to make people feel? What do you want people to remember about you? And then what kind of content and what kind of stuff do you have to start doing in order to make that a reality? So that's where I think you definitely need to start is building with your strong personal brand because that's going to be the core of any marketing that you do. Whether you're creating a product, whether you're creating your own, whatever it is, people at the end of the day are going to want to know who's the person behind it and I think some people are just scared to put themselves out there but it's not really about putting yourself out there and exposing yourself it's just crafting the story that you want to be you want people to feel about you oh that's brilliant and <laughs> it's so funny every time I talk to you about this kind of stuff I just think to myself like I wish I would have known this <laughs> so much earlier <laughs> I, I remember I had a similar experience or at least similar conversations but different outcomes uh, because you're good at what you did and I wasn't <laughs> at that time <laughs> I um, I was at a wedding of probably about eight months after I started the podcast and they said oh what are you up to and I was like oh yeah, I started this consulting firm and I have a podcast they said oh you have a podcast <laughs> And I said, this this is my fault. This is my fault. Uh, because I it was at that point that I had to realize that nobody's going to tell my story on my own, on my behalf. I have to do that myself. And um, being proactive and, and controlling the narrative and actually putting it out there for people to see consistently across all platforms is, is huge. Um, but it takes time, discipline, and you kind of have to get outside of yourself and get over that shyness and and put yourself out out there. Yeah, and I think one of the things that I learned early on was reading a lot of sales books. I forgot, like I used to be obsessed with online sales blogs, online marketing blogs, like Neil Patel. Um, there were like these 50 letters thing. I forgot what I used to read, but I just was really obsessed with like the year after college was just reading like what are some of the keys of the great like salesmen or saleswomen. And I think if you learn sales early on, it was something that I learned all throughout like, you know, college interning. They were like, you should always start in sales because sales is the core of everything, right? How do you get people to actually buy? How do you get people to actually want what you have? And just learning those simple sales tactics were things that I've just carried with me since then. As a guest, one thing that I really 
enjoyed about working with you is that it wasn't just one of those situations where um, you're just borrowing my knowledge for that quick conversation and then we're just done, <laughs> never to speak again. Like now, now we have a relationship. Now we're friends. And is that something you do intentionally? And if so, um, other than a friendship, what kind of things are you hoping to get out of these types of relationships with, with your guest? Well, intentionally, I think, you know, the people that I bring on my podcast are people that I'm genuinely interested in talking to. So, like, you won't get on my podcast if you don't pique my interest in some way. And if you pique my interest, I definitely don't want the podcast to be the last time that we are able to bring value to one another. So definitely going into the podcast and any relationship, I'm always thinking of like, how can I continue to show this person that I appreciate what they have done, but at the same time, there are ways that we continue, we can continue to be assets to one another, right? So for example, I think one of the earliest um, examples I can give of that is one of my early guests on the show was a woman called Lana Boone, and she had her own company called Curly Clips, and I just really loved her story. And after the podcast, she shared it on her own personal blog she shared it on her uh, curly clips the actual website with her brand and we just started to um build a personal connection so we would you know text each other when things came up we talked a lot on the phone just sharing different e-commerce marketing tips because i work in e-commerce logistics and you know she has an e-commerce company so we were just able to trade things there when she came to new jersey we met up for lunch and i think for me it's like The reason why I have a podcast is because I want to build relationships with people. And this is the best way to to get to, you know, build relationships with people that you've been crushing on for a while, right? But at the same time, it's like... I think another way when you think about your guests is you want to have guests that also want to continue to be of service to their own to their own uh, community. So if you're able to provide them with content that they can then put back into their own community and be seen as a you know a thought leader, that's also going to be helpful to you because they're going to remember you for that, right? I think one of the best things that guests love about my show, and you've had this experience too, is that people want to know more about you, right? Like you've had people hit you up on LinkedIn. I've had so many people tell me they've had people like, you know, send them messages on social media saying, thank you for inspiring me. Like that's always been like my why is I want people to feel inspired and I want people to know that their story matters. And by me really being genuine, number one with my guests, that's like the way that I'm able to build and sustain those relationships. That's brilliant. And I can relate 100% because I've had, I've made some really good friends just through podcasting, being on their, a guest on their show and then having them come on my show and relationships with the audience as well. It's, it's so cool when people reach out and say, hey, I like that episode or I use this or something like that. It's like, that's, that's what keeps us going as podcasters. So yeah, it's, it's always cool to talk to another podcaster to know I'm not <laughs> the only one feeling this way. Yeah, and you know, one of the other things, just tying back to your question directly, is I think that the reason why I have guests on the show is it's strategically, it's a great way to grow. You know, one of the reasons why I used to interview people for my blog was because um, there was this this book I read, and it was called Brandscaping, I believe. And when you're trying to build a brand in the beginning, you kind of want to find ways that you can ride the backs of other um, people who are already established. So basically, by me bringing or in guests on my show, I'm now using them as content distribution platforms, right? So when I, I could be like a no-name Raina Campbell interviewing them, but now when they push that to their audience, 
I'm now getting into someone's home that I never had access to before. So that's one of my strategic reasons why I think especially in the beginning of your podcast or beginning of building anything, you want to be able to crowdfund as much as possible. How can you get others aligned with what you're doing and then promoting it for you and with you? That's brilliant. I love it. See, I could talk to you about this stuff all day, um, but we have to wrap up soon. So before you go, um, I wanted to see what would you say to an audience member who is thinking about starting an online business or they are in the early stages of online business? What would you say to them if they want to learn how to be more persuasive online? Do a very good competitor analysis, but not just what people are doing, but how they are doing. So if you look at my phone now, if somebody were to steal my phone, they'd probably would think, oh my God, you know, I'd find all these risque pictures of Raina or whatever, right? No, you would find like thousands of screenshots. I'm always screenshotting everything from how people reply to people, how people, you know, caption things, how people, the types of photos they're using. I think sometimes we want to look at everything surface level. But okay, everyone's looking at everything surface level, but how deep are you going? You know, or how, how, um, you know, I, I was at school, I had to do a lot of research, right? I had to always ask why, why, why? So when I'm looking at other people's stuff, although I wouldn't, I don't think you should focus too much on other people's things, but in the beginning, you definitely want to look at how the people who you admire how they're communicating with their audience and you know what are they doing but at the same time what aren't they doing because then that can be a way for you to differentiate yourself right so let's say for me it was like you know a lot of podcasters are using twitter but you know how are they really using instagram and if they are using instagram how are they leveraging instagram so you definitely want to do a competitor analysis but always look for what aren't people doing by doing that deep dive into their content. Oh, that's brilliant. See, now now my mind is racing. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to people. Like, I think some people just are scared to, like, you know, call up people who, or not even call up people, just ask people, hey, what's one thing that you would want from me that you don't have? Or, like, don't be scared to communicate with the audience that you do have. Even if you only have five people reading your blogs, right? That's that's not zero. That's five people. Five people that you can get information about. And those five people are part of communities as well. So you definitely don't ever want to limit yourself and say, oh, I have to be this big before I can do this in my business. You can start at any point. And I think the more personable and the more um, interested you are in really learning who your target audience is and really going back to that, I think the more successful you'll be. That is perfect. Thank you so much, Raina, for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you're finding this information helpful, please remember to leave a review and subscribe. Our goal is to teach this to as many people as possible. And every time you leave a review, it makes it easier for people to find us in the search engines. With your support and listenership, we've grown to the point where we are now the number one ranked negotiation podcast, and we have listeners in 140 different countries. We appreciate your continued support, and please continue to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Remember, everybody who connects with me gets a personal message from me eventually. It takes time because uh, more and more people have been reaching out, but I want to hear from you, and we actually get the chat. So continue to reach out. Thanks again for listening. I'll catch you in the next one.